Have you ever felt the echo of mischances, the silence where the sound of celebration should ring out? That sting of lost opportunities is often due to a failure to truly connect, to resonate with potential clients, to communicate the true value you bring to the table with passion and precision. The truth? Ha! It's not the lack of service quality that hinders, but the absence of warm, compelling and persuasive communication. These really are game changers, the secret ingredients to turning maybes into definites. And that's where we come in at Teachable Moments. So if you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business consultant, accountant, trustee, director, sales leader, subject matter expert, or anyone else offering professional services, this podcast is tailored just for you. Time after time, opportunities are missed and businesses and careers stutter because of a lack of simple, teachable communication and negotiation skills. I'm David Solomons. And I'm Matthew Dashby-Hughes. Welcome to Teachable Moments. Coming up in this episode, how to deal with conflict, the tools you may need, and exactly how to use them. David, so today we're going to be talking about a really interesting and quite a thorny subject in a lot of ways, because it's something that a lot of people find really quite intimidating, and it's really about conflict. And I suppose, um, you know, at a time of year when everybody's uh, getting ready for Christmas, as we record this, you can tell from the Christmas decorations that are behind your head. Uh, if, if anybody's watching this on the YouTube video, yeah. rather than listening on Spotify or whatever, uh, you'll you'll see the tinsel. Uh, and, and as any divorce lawyer will tell you, the, the divorce rate tends to go up around about this time of year, sadly enough. Uh, uh, hopefully not here. <laughs> hopefully not here. Absolutely. But, but, but over the course of the next half an hour, we'll tell you why not here, because we we both know how to handle conflict, don't we? <laughs> we certainly. Well, I, I hope we do. I think the answer is we do until the moment when we don't. <laughs> I think that's, it's always like that, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. So, uh, hopefully, over the course of the next half an hour or so, we're going to have some a uh, little bit of a dive into how you can turn dysfunctional disagreements into constructive challenge. How you can potentially get a a mutually satisfactory outcome. Uh, you know, the old notional idea of the win-win, if that's such a thing, or at least. Uh, you know something where there's a consensus of, of opinion on an outcome where where you you can you can walk away and part company as friends if nothing else so i mean david for, from your sense i mean you you're somebody who actually you kind of relish these kinds of things don't you because things move forward when you have these debates so t- t- tell me tell me more about your your view on this um i mean I, funny enough I, I said to my wife this morning Catherine, i said look i'm gonna i'm doing this podcast on conflict today and she laughed i said why are you laughing she said, David, she said, you don't do conflict like other people. I said, I said, I don't know what you mean. She said, well, most people, and she was obviously speaking for her, most people get defensive and closed down and energy is lost. You get energized and excited by it. I said, does that make me less sensitive? She said, no. She said, the thing is, sometimes conflict doesn't even register with you because you just see it as a sort of opportunity to have to engage. And I think there's some truth about that. I, I don't seek conflict, but I've learned a number of tools to deal with conflict. Um, and some I've learned through work. Some I've spent 25 years working personal development training, leadership training. I've learned some tools around that in particular, which works both um, with other people, with institutions. And I've, ha- I've been very lucky to spend time with people who are peacemakers and have, have taught me tools as well. If there was one thing that I could say that works, if you can do it in any environment, if you are in a conflict or if you are facilitating people in the conflict, if you can get the per- one person out of the two or three to acknowledge just a little bit 
of the part they play in that conflict, if they can own any of their own stuff, if the question that is asked is, what part of your behavior can you own that might have caused this? If you can get that chink open for them to say, uh, gosh, yeah, I realize sometimes I could be a bit unreasonable. Maybe I was a bit unreasonable. The moment you get that, it opens the door because it gives permission to the other person or people to go, well, actually, yes, you know, um, now you've said that. There's a part of me that does this. And, and it's very hard to get that door open. I have medi- I'm not a trained mediator, but I've mediated conflicts between clients um, where you work for three hours to get that part of them to open the door. And so you keep saying, what part of this can you own? Uh, it's all him. He'd, okay, is there a part of you in here that you can own? If you had done something different, could this have been different? And when you just get that open, and if you keep at it, I have found in my experience, certainly my experience, that, that is a, there is a key there to a door that will open. And I've seen guys who haven't spoken for years walk down the corridor with their arms around each other afterwards. I'm not saying it lasted, but I'm saying they, they, they saw, if you could see someone else, the vulnerability, mm. it gives you permission. I think for me, that's a huge learning for me. I love that phrase. Vulnerability gives you permission. And it, it is. It's the key that unlocks the door. And, and ultimately, if you're looking at the dynamics in any of these relationships, the one thing that is the common element in any unsatisfactory relationships that you have in your life is yourself. And we have to start by looking in the mirror and owning our 100% of our 50% of that interaction, if you see what I mean. You, we've got to own the entirety of our half in this thing, because the only thing that's within our control, notionally in our control, is how we respond, how we react, how we show up. So I think that's really, really good advice. And and, and building on that, uh, we, we talked in a previous episode about uh, vulnerability and its importance and its strength. Uh, because it it actually shows you as as a genuine human being and you're reaching out to the other side almost with an olive branch you know saying look we're, we're both human beings in here we're both we're both fallible we both have a part to play here um let, let's 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 start there and i think that's really really powerful have you, have you got an example of that for me that you could share without being indiscreet this is something i don't know if i've told this story before I have a client who I've had for many, many years, very successful. We've been in the right since day one. I might have told this. If I have, please stop me and we'll, we'll cut it. And uh, I'm very proud of that relationship. We've been, we've been part of their building. Some years ago, I was at a Christmas do they were putting on. And I, and, and I was with the guy and his partner and we chatting. It was all very amicable as it is at these things. And he'd had a couple of drinks. I'd had a couple of drinks, but he'd really had a couple of drinks. And I said... Do you know, I'm really proud of we with you since the start and um, uh, we feel we played a part in this. And he looked at me and he said, you were such an arsehole. I said, <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, but I, he said, you, you, my father knew you and he recommended you. And when I spoke to you, God, I'm putting this now on a podcast. He said, you were like, you were, I'm not doing any kind of deal with you because I knew your father. I'm a very busy man. I haven't got to really talk. Okay, I'll help. He said, you were such an arsehole. That was his words. All the time, you were an arsehole. We knew you were good, but you were not. He said, and, and I was, I didn't know what, I just listened. And, and, and I just, we finished, I said, 
I'm really sorry. I had no idea. All these years, I had this lovely, glowing story. And I said, something must have been good, because you're still with us. He said, of course, of course. But when you tell yourself that lovely story, so what actually happened was, um, I said to him, I'm really sorry. He said, it's gone. It's many years ago. What happened was, this is how... This is a vulnerability thing. It's along the same. Is that, and there was clearly a conflict in his mind about what happened. We became much closer, much closer, because mm. that conversation had taken place. And that works in conflict. That absolutely works in conflict resolution. Brilliant. That vulnerability is, um, I mean, there are lots of other things as well. We'll come on to that. But sure. the vulnerability is, and it's very hard. So sometimes it needs a facilitator. If yes. you're in like face-to-face, um, it needs someone else to go, okay, uh, what is it? Uh, to help this process to go along. Also, yeah. there is another trick that I, I've used, that I've learned over the years, is when you are talking between, you're kind of mediating, I don't mean official mediation, um, a great way to set is to, is to have a wish for the future. So you may say to the, to, to the two people, each of you, what's your best possible case of how this this will finish. What would you like to have happen mm-hmm. here in the best possible circumstance? So they go to that place in their mind where, and normally, well, if they're, if they're really in it, it might be, well, I just want some more money or I've got to get out. Or if you're lucky, it'll be, I'd just like to resolve this. Yeah. I want to have a relationship with this person. I don't want to fight because most people don't want to fight. If you get that to start off with, you, you're then working backwards. It's easier. Does yes. that make sense? Yeah, oh, it makes perfect sense. So starting with the end in mind and actually establishing some common ground it seems to be the, the 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 key recurring theme here in both the examples you've just given. And, you know, building on that first one, there's an element of um, we're all the heroes in the movie of our own lives, aren't we? You know, we, 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 direct, we, we direct our own movie. We're, we, we're the star. We write it. Um, but, but we've got to remember and we, that every- and we win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but yeah. but every, everybody else has a walk on part in our movie and we have a walk in walk on part in theirs. But the key thing is that we're, right, seeing, we're seeing it through our lens. We're seeing it through and they're seeing it through theirs. So we're telling ourselves this lovely story about what a great relationship we've got, and they're busy thinking, what an arsehole. Oh my god, I have to put I have to put up with him. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And sometimes you have to be clever. About, yeah. uh, I, I remember many years ago, I, I was running a textile company, fashion company, and we had a big dispute with a major, major customer. And it was a large public company, and we got hauled into their, um, and it was a big order for us. We got hauled into their, their, their boardroom, and we agreed another meeting. And I was angry, really angry with them and furious. And my partner, she was crying, she was so angry. And, I, and even I was much younger, so I didn't really have all the tools. But I thought, I know I can't handle this by myself. I need some help here, but I can't ask for it from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got hold of a, one of my oldest friends, man I consider my mentor, about 10 years older than me, uh, very skilled. I said, look, I'd like you to come in, and I want you to pretend to be someone. He said, who? I said, I want you to pretend to be the wise chairman and I'm the angry young CEO, and you're trying to hold me back. That way, you could be the good guy. And I remember we played this out. It was it was it was a wonderful role play. I I, I basically went in there. My partner, we said, look, best not to come in because she was so upset. She, and I was like, we're going to sue you. And, and and he was saying, no, David, you need to take some steps back. 
here. Like he was, and then he would say to them, look, it's really difficult because David runs this. I'm just the chairman. So, you, you know, you really need to listen to him. And, 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 and they were asking him what they should do. So it was a one, and it worked out really well. Yeah. It worked out very well, and we shook hands. And the, the deal wasn't the deal we wanted, but it would have gotten an awful lot worse. So yes. sometimes I ask, what does a, what what does do circumstances need? And sometimes you use some, yeah, just be creative about it. it. It really, it really does come down to that. It's understanding where the other side's coming from, but sometimes also recognizing the power dynamics within any relationship. And, yeah. you know, and, and you can sort of drop your guard by being vulnerable and thereby change the power dynamics, which is a critical thing. But if you, uh, you know, look at like relationship counselors, because of course, you know, they're, they're the ones, I started off with a, a semi flippant comment about the fact that, you know, uh, unfortunately more marriages break down in, in the hot house uh, environment of, uh, of of like family times like Christmas than at any other yeah. time of year. Yeah. And I was being semi-flippant and really I shouldn't be because that's, that's, that's actually a true statistic and it's sad. But if you talk yeah. to relationship counselors, they'll say that typically you look at the power dynamics in a relationship and they fall into three different interrelated buckets. So there's power and control. So who, who holds the power, whose priorities hold more yeah. weight. There's care and closeness, which is that relatedness piece. It's that connection. It's that, you know what? I'm nervous here. Yeah, I'm nervous as well, actually. And then there's respect and recognition. Those three interrelated buckets are kind of where these things overlap and they inter- they interplay. And if you can understand those dynamics and the and the interaction through that lens, it can really help you with actually kind of working your way through these conversations. One thing I try and do now, when something upsets me or man, is I separate the action from the person. Mm. So if something happens to me, and this is really internal, but I, I, I would use it, also use it with other people. And I ask the question, if this action was done to you by someone you liked, how would you feel? So I, I even do it with politics. I say, okay, I'm not, I'm not a Trump fan, let's be frank. <laughs> but I used Good, to love okay. Obama. No, I used to love Obama. Yeah, me too. Okay, although he had his errors. When I read about what Trump does sometimes, I think, oh, and then I, okay, if Obama did that, how would I feel? Hmm. And I, it brings a whole nuance to things. And conversely, if someone I, I like does something, something, and someone else says to me, I didn't like that, I imagine the action being done by someone I didn't like. Yeah. And see how different I feel. I find, that, I mean, I find it's a very simple tool. I find that helps so much. And also dealing with other people saying, okay, if that was done by someone you loved or cared about or was a friend, how would you feel about it? And you could see the confusion on their faces. But if they just stop for a moment and you ask, was it really that bad? Or, or was it, is it about the person? If it's about the person, then it's your stuff, not their stuff. Oh, that's such a good takeaway. That really is. It's, it's your stuff, not their stuff. And then what we're talking about here is a thing that they call the fundamental attribution error, which is a cognitive bias, which is about how we attribute our, our sense of their intent, their intention behind an action. And, and, and as a protection, you know, we've evolved to protect ourselves. So it's, it's, there's a sa- there is safety in assuming negativity of intent because yeah. it means that we can put our defenses up if we need them. 
But unfortunately, the negative unintended consequence of that is that we tend to infer negative intent even when there's actually benevolence of intent. And it tends to be a default okay. and, that, and a lot of conflict comes from that. So I think that's a really good, profound observation. I knew it would be. <laughs> if you told, if you told, I knew you'd work out how it could be profound. <laughs> There you go. We just uh, but, we just summarised the podcast in one hit, didn't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, David being profound, even though he didn't know it. Okay. <laughs> Explains Matthew. Yes. <laughs> I, I think there are one of the tools I've learned. Um, I don't think it's trademarked or, or, or over the many many years is really breaking down something. If I'm in conflict, so it, it might look like this. I would like this to end with our relationship being closer. Okay, so that's where I start from. The facts are, I don't know, the facts are you turned up 30 minutes late for this. The facts are you've done that 10 times in a row. Those are the pure facts. No no judgments, the facts. Mm -hmm. Okay, the judgment I make based on those facts, and, and this is really interesting about time, people, is that you don't care about me. Mm -hmm. that's that's the unknown i hear that a lot but you really say why do people care if people are like look it's because it, that means i'm not important to you oh, the no. judgment is you're a person to whom i'm not important um how do i feel what's the emotion um sad angry and at a deep level and i'm going very psycho people can feel abandoned mm. when that gets down abandoned uh what what do i want from you knowing i might not get it turn up on time yeah. Plan your day. Make sure you, you, you know, don't. Oh, you've done this ten times in a row. Don't do it. Okay. And the bit, the bit, the most important bit is, what part of this behaviour can I own? And I've seen this done. A person go, God, well, actually, I've I always turn up late for things, um, and I didn't really even see. And the reason why that comes out is, and you know, because you, you're much more of a psychologist. Most people project onto other people. The issues that most people have with other people are really around. It's an, it's an internal thing. I suppose to some extent you, you lean into the whole element of trying to protect their psychological safety and your own, it has to be said, because there's yeah. two participants here. Uh, and a great acronym that I learned years ago, which is, which is uh, it's not mine, I have to say, I wish I'd come up with it, but it's SCARF, <laughs> so S-C-A-R-F. So if you think okay. status, which is um, their dignity, protecting their dignity at all yeah. points, showing them a little bit of respect and recognition, C is yeah. certainty. If you can talk to, to talk to them about what it is you both want to achieve, so give, giving a little, little bit of certainty about what this conversation even looks like so it lowers their anxiety yeah. helps them to show up just as you're trying to show up a is agency or autonomy so this is the control side of things. okay and a great baseline for control and we all learned this when we were about 18 months old how to control things and it's the word no if you can say if you can't say no <laughs> to something you don't have control by by definition so so give Give them explicit permission up front to say, well, actually, we might not get a resolution. And, and that's okay as well. You know, the important thing is that we have the discussion. And, and that, that, that permission to both say no gives you both walk away presence. And that gives you a yeah. sense of control, a locus of control, as the psychologists would call it. The R is relatedness. And it's that connection. It's that connection between the two people. It's that ability to actually say, are we in this together? 
do we have any elements yeah. where we share values or we share an intent, we share a goal, anything there? And then the final thing is F, which is fairness. And, and different people mean different things by fairness. And, and under different circumstances, different interpretations of fairness are correct. So it's about, is there a sense of justice here? Is there e- equality? Is there is there equity? And those two things are different. You know, equity is you get out what, uh, something proportionate to what you put in. Equality is you get out an equal share, Um, or is 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 the um, is the outcome going to be distributed based on need, which is a different thing again. So, being aware of those different elements, the S C A R F, is a really useful tool to go into any conversation with. It's also how you set up things to avoid conflict. If you know, so we're talking here about. Clients, uh, uh, customers, and, and and bills, and nobody argues over more than anything than money, you sure. know. And I and so how can you set it up in a way that there's less conflict around that? So I used to have a simple thing. Um, I do it less now because I, I don't. It doesn't seem to be such a problem. But I used to have a thing where I would say to right at the start of a transaction, many professionals avoid talking about money with their clients because they're embarrassed or it's difficult. Or I don't have that problem. For me, that's the number one thing. We know where we stand. So my conversation with a client would go, we'd talk through, I'd say, okay, so would you like to talk about money now? They always say yes. I'd say, here's how it goes. When you say jump, my answer is how high? When I say here's my invoice, you say, here's the check in 28 days. <laughs> and these days, you wouldn't use a check. It's a, and I, I'd say, do we have an agreement on that? Yes. So I can call you on that at any time, and you can call me on this. Yes. And that, it works so well. Because we'd have, obviously, clients would, I'd say, do you remember that chat we had? What was that chat? You know, about the agreement that we've reached. I, I, I might, what well, you jumped, I jumped then, you said, yeah, did I do that? Yeah, okay. And it's really, and sometimes it goes wrong. And I remember I had a client where I really lost it. The client, A, he always paid late. Sometimes it took a long time. Only one. And the other thing was we had a transaction where I felt we were treated, being treated contemptuously. Mm-hmm. And because it, that was me adding emotion to what wasn't an emotional thing. He, he pulled out a part of the transaction, hadn't even told us. We were trying to get this done. I had a whole team working. And, and I remember we had a meeting in my office, and I was furious. And um, But I controlled myself with difficulty. <laughs> and I, he said, what's going on, David? I said, I'm going to be really frank with you. There's two things I need from you. He said, what's that? I said, money and respect. And I'm getting neither. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, we had a deal. Remember the conversation? And respect does not look like this. Respect does not look like your solicitor. We we work hand in hand doing this and not, you know, we're working for you. We're hand in hand. You're not respecting us. You want respect, but you're not giving respect. Mm. And he was shocked. He was shocked so much so that our relationship improved so much. It went from a, a client I didn't have a close relationship with, and I normally do have close relationships with clients, that, to actually having a very close relationship with him telling me about his son who had personal problems, sharing stuff. And even now, we don't, he, his business, one of his businesses went under, and he's involved, but we still, he still phones me now and again just to say, how, how's things? Yeah. That's... And it was just really, 
and that comes back to saying the no. That the, there comes a line. It's like in the go. I'm sure we're going to do a, a full podcast on negotiation because I love that. Yeah, me too. And part of it, it yeah. I mean, I, if I, I did a, I ran a workshop for some trainees some while ago in which we were talking about how to negotiate. And one of the things, know where your no is, and then try and find wins for the other guy, not for you. Try and find wins for him so that. You know, you know, keep you further away from the no. But when you get to the no, it's no. Mm-hmm. I've given you those wins. That's that's a line. You don't go over that line. Yeah. You go over that line, and I will rain hell on you. I mean, you don't actually <laughs> say that, but <laughs> but it really is. That's yeah. a line. Everyone needs to have that. Line. We can talk as much about vulnerability, and and, and we do, and yeah. it's really important. But everyone has that line inside them that will, if they were to agree, so it's actually not even a money thing. If I was were to go beyond that line, I couldn't stand what it said to me about myself. Mm-hmm. To some extent, conflict resolution is always uh, an element of negotiation in there. But you you just pointed out something which is absolutely critical: that the best way to actually resolve a, a conflict is <clears throat> to avoid it in the first place. And the best way to do that yeah. is to set up the clear boundaries and parameters and guidelines around which your relationship will run so if you give yeah. an absolute certainty up front about what the non-negotiables are um you know not, not even just in the sort of sense of um you know sort of any deep policy or anything but just as you said okay i only need two things from you i need to be paid and i need respect and that's a very yeah. clear that's really all that's, all that's all it is right yeah, yeah that it brings me to just another a really good client i've had for many many years one of my oldest clients and several years ago <laughs> I look and laugh now. They were thinking of selling their company, or the majority of it. And um, the CEO around me said, David, he said, we're thinking of selling this part. I went, that's oh, fine. Okay, well, we'll start prep. He said, I'm afraid we're instructing someone else. I said, what? Uh, he said, well, we met someone through this who did something else on another deal with some, and we've decided he's out. And I was abs- I said, okay, fine. And uh, I was very upset. And everyone on my team was very upset because they'd all work. So I, I remember <clears throat> I was a bit like, um, Alan, do you ever see Robin Hood with Alan Rickman in it? <laughs> yes. Where, where, where he got so angry. He said, Christmas is off. Well, I did that. We had, we had a Christmas party. I said, we're not doing Christmas with you. We're not, we're not, we're not doing. I was really angry. And then he said to me, well, it'll need a bit of a lead up to this. Um, we'll need some, what you guys carry on doing some work for us. Would you be okay? And I was, I said, I'm a professional. I'm always going to be professional. I've served you so far. It's not going to stop. I'm glad I did that. And I carried on very professionally. I couldn't really let the anger go for a while. um, But I carried on. And obviously, we started to warm to each other. What actually happened was that the sale fell through. So we carried on, carried on. Five years later, they they decided to sell sell it again. Um, They didn't even think about anybody else. They just came straight to me. We actually did it. And, and to this day, we're still acting on everything else. Yeah. And so um, I think, uh, I don't know what, I'm not sure. I'm sure you'll take something. It's more about sometimes swallow your pride and shut up. I think, and, and, I, think I would phrase it as get out of your own way. You know, ultimately, yes. uh, being being yeah. being a rational uh, being and being an, an emotional being, you can't divide the two out. You, when you yeah. meet somebody, you yeah. also meet their problems, no matter how much they try to hide it. So yeah. you can't avoid that. You know, we have to bring our whole selves to every interaction. But to some extent, just allowing yourself that breathing space to recognize your emotional state, 
and then do it anyway because you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, that that's. I mean, to be fair, that's something that does come with a level of maturity. I have to say, in my younger days. I have definitely got plenty of war stories where I have self-sabotaged <laughs> and I've done I've cut my nose off to spite my own face and then looked at it afterwards and thought, Matthew, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure too. we've all got stories like that. But ah, um, me yeah. too. Me, yeah. me me too. I lost a big client once because I just I couldn't bear him. <laughs> I just <laughs> and I couldn't bear the way he was, he was acting. And um to be honest, when I look back now. They were silly things, but sometimes you can look back with some pride and know, well, mm. I did the right thing. Yeah. But I think, you know, wh- wh- wherever you're in conflict, whether you're in conflict with clients, I'm talking about a wh- whether you're in conflict with co-employees and whether you're in conflict with a boss. It's harder with a boss because the power dynamic is very different. Mm-hmm. These conflict resolution tools about owning your own stuff and about being vulnerable, I, I am aware, and I've heard this I mean, certainly in a lot of um, what I call very corporate corporates, showing vulnerability is a no-no. You kind of have to do it without that. I've been in ballrooms before where uh, people just want – you can't do that. If you do it, you'll get knifed. I mean, there, 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 is, there is also an argument to say that if that's the environment you're in, and it's and it's something that it's not, those are not waters you wish to swim in, then get out of the water. Go 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 get into a different pool. I, I no no I agree, I absolutely agree with that but but for some people they can't do that so sure. um, the what the, the take there is less about concentrating on the vulnerability and more working on the collaboration yeah. so we're in this we, we've got this problem here you know don't have to make it emotional we've got this problem here it would suit us and the company if we can reach a conclusion on this because we need to move forward what could we do together to make this work what are your main concerns here and then you go down. You know, what are your main concerns? What do you need to have happen here? If that doesn't happen to you, what will happen? Yeah. Once you drill down with each people, you often find the story beneath the story beneath the story. They're actually quite close to each other. That does feel like an extremely good place to uh, to, to draw to a, a, a bit of a conclusion. Lots in there to, to unpack. We, we've talked about the importance of agreeing in advance what the relationship is going to look like and what our guidelines are, what our non-negotiables are, um, how we should treat one another um, so we avoid conflict in the first place, or at least we give it. And then if conflict does happen, we've got parameters to resolve it. We, we've talked about establishing commonality of values, of goals, some level of vulnerability. We've talked about vulnerability. the Vulnerability, yeah. yeah. Separ- separating actions from the people. Correct. Looking at a different light. Yeah. Indeed, perspective, absolutely. really, that is. Perspe- yeah. Perspective and and, uh, and and ascribing intent to people. And we've talked about protecting psychological safety. So I think we managed to cover quite a lot in half an hour there. So hopefully play- something that everybody's got something out of. And I think that is probably a brilliant place to end not only this episode, but also our first season. This is uh, the end of season one of, of, of Teachable Moments. Rush pass, gosh. Absolutely. There you go. So episode six already. Incredible. So thank you hear from you too so hit the like button leave us an honest review and please share with friends colleagues and anyone you think would benefit yes and make sure you take action and benefit from these teachable moments don't forget to be here next time we'll have more tips and tools that you won't want to miss so subscribe now and stay informed and we'll see you next time on teachable moments